Are we, are we live now? I'm recording. You're listening to Mumbrella Cast. Welcome to a special edition of the Mumbrella Cast. I'm Vivian Kelly, Mumbrella's editor. In this special episode, coming out a day early, I sit down with Roxy Jasenko. Now, I'm sure everyone listening already knows who she is. Her Pilot Week episode, I Am Roxy, is going to air 8.30pm on Wednesday during Pilot Week. She's a divisive character. She gets headlines and lots of people in the public relations media and marketing industry disagree with her methods. But boy, does she have something to say about that. I wasn't expecting the chat with Roxy to be as honest and intense as it was. So even if you're not a fan of Roxy and she knows she has her detractors and I can confidently say she doesn't care, I think it's really worth listening to this to hear what she has to say. She has some really confronting things to say about mental health, both her own and that of her staff. She has a lot to say about how others in the industry might be envious of her and just how she's built her business and dealt with being a brand. So stick around to hear Roxy talk about the criticism she's copped left, right and centre. There's always going to be someone who dislikes you, but there's always going to be someone who is on the take. How she feels when employees play the mental health card. If you pull the mental health card, all of a sudden, you know, you're entitled to X, Y and Z. And whether or not she'll be okay if her Pilot Week episode gets canned this year. The reality of it is I've never, ever started anything without the desire to succeed and succeed beyond everybody's expectations. So please enjoy my chat with Sweaty Betty's Roxy Jasenko. I'm now joined on this special Mumbrella Cast episode by Roxy Jasenko, whose pilot week program I Am Roxy is about to air on 10, 8.30pm on Wednesday. Roxy, rather than me telling everyone who you are, if they don't already know, (laughs) why don't you explain who you are? I Am Roxy, what does that entail? Oh, look, I mean, are we saying it, who am I from the TV perspective or who am I in real perspective? If we're talking real perspective, I'm the girl who started a PR company at 24 um, with no experience and just pushed the boundaries, broke the rules, and I'm sitting here today with five companies under my belt all across comms. Um, and the rest is history, really. Made some enemies, but made some friends. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> when we read articles about you, yeah. it's often accompanied by the words PR queen or publicity guru. Yeah, isn't it funny? I never named myself a PR queen and I get so much stick from that. It was one article many, many years ago written by Philip Koch. Um, And at the time he was, I think he was writing for the Sunday Telegraph and he was writing about, you know, young up and comers. And he wrote, you know, the, these girls are the PR queens and it's stuck. And gosh, how many articles have I read where people are like, who names themselves that? I never fucking named myself that. Someone gave me that name. But you know what? Why have I made a name for myself? I guess Celebrity Apprentice started it. That's where the wheels started turning. And then you do five books off the back of that. You break a few rules. Your husband goes to jail and, well, all of a sudden everyone remembers your name. And there's only one Roxy. <laughs> That's true, other than the surfwear clothing brand that yeah. I used to wear when I was about 14. Yes, and I wish that <laughs> That was mine. Be a much easier way of turning a dollar, let me tell you. 
Now, look, you do generate a lot of headlines. Yes. Nobody would know that better than you. Yeah. The traditional PR model used to be that you didn't want to become the story. You yeah. wanted to be behind the scenes. Yes. Is it a deliberate tactic of yours or have you just sort of ended up in the headlines and now you're working with what you've got? Look, I think we have to remember when I started, I was very young for the industry. You know, at 24, when I began Sweaty Betty PR, anyone else who was in PR had been in in PR 30 years. So there was this young, blonde, big boobed girl out there breaking the boundaries doing things differently. Why was I doing them differently? Because I couldn't write a press release. So I write a news snippet and I tell everyone and sundry that the press release is dead. Well, it was just that I couldn't write one. Um, I never went out looking to be a story, but I also think that I've done a lot of things that other PR people haven't done. And that is, look at Celebrity Apprentice. I've now got five books. You know, there's there's a lot of things beyond just being that PR girl that I've done. And was my aim to be the one who was talked about? No, my aim was to have a successful business that generated a lot of income. And I've been fortunate to be able to do that, but I think you take the good with the bad. Do I want to be, do I want my name in lights? No, I'd rather be rich than famous, <laughs> but I'll take both. <laughs> now you've said you don't want your name in lights, yeah. uh, but on Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. on 10, you're really putting your name in lights in both the name of the program and in really exposing your yep. personal and professional life to TV viewers. Yes. What made you want to do that when you're opening yourself up to so much backlash? I've had criticism since the day I opened my business. I've had criticisms in terms of she's 24, she's got no idea how could she possibly be doing this. I've had the, oh, her parents must have given her the business Little did they realise I had a fax machine and a cordless phone and that's what I started with. So my parents really didn't need to give me a business, um, which they didn't. Um, so I think you either like it or you loathe it. There's always going to be someone with an opinion, you know, no matter who you are or what you are. I never said yes instantaneously when the opportunity came to me. Um, Whipper, who is now a very dear friend of mine. Do I hang out with him? No, I don't. But from a business perspective, he's a great, great uh, friend. Um, came to me and he was like, oh, do you want to do a show? I think there's a show in this. And I was like, no, now's not the time. Ring me each month and ask me. So I think it was like it was like three or five months. I can't remember. And in the end I was like, you know what? One thing I've lived my life through in business is saying yes. I mean, you look now, my first book, heck, I hadn't even read a book. And then all of a sudden I had a book. <laughs> so I think that's what I've learned. I want to be the only publicist, the only communication specialist out there that has ticked every freaking box. It also is very advantageous for my clients as well because all of a sudden, let's say you're a, a coffee brand and I'm doing something and I'm holding a coffee cup and it's snapped and it ends up on a newspaper print, well, that's branding without even trying. So – yeah, I mean, look, no, as I said, I'd rather be rich than famous, but if I have to do that extra and expose my flaws, which I will in the show, um, I'm happy to do it because I've learned to have a thick skin as well. And why do you think consumers will want to watch the show? You know, people who are removed from the media marketing and yes. advertising industry, people who might not even get the mechanics of public relations or how that works with the media, what will they get from tuning in? Real life. You know, I think what I show and I know what I show is the highest highs and the lowest lows and everything in between. And I don't think the show is specifically geared towards a communications professional or a student who's studying communications by any stretch. It's And, and I can see this from my Instagram as well. I've got all walks of life who follow me, all walks of life. They're not just PR people. They're not communications. They're not advertising necessarily. 
And you know what they say to me in direct messages? We like you because you're real. If you've got a pimple the size of Mount Vesuvius on your <laughs> nose, you'll print, a, you'll post a picture and say, hey, I've given him a name. So I, I want it to be light relief, light humour, but also showing that no matter who you are and what you have given to you, if you work hard and you push the boundaries and you want to succeed in your career, no matter what it is, you can. And some of your harshest critics have come from within the media marketing and advertising industry, perhaps because they do think that a PR person should be behind the scenes or perhaps... Or they missed the opportunity and they never took it. Well, that's... (laughs) I was going to ask you, why do you think the industry isn't always on board? They don't like change and they don't like flash. Some people choose to buy art. I choose flashy cars and handbags made from crocodile skin. People don't like flashiness. I am not going to subdue my lifestyle to make other people like me. One thing I've learned is I don't care whether you like me or you loathe me. As long as I'm a good person, the people who work with me um, enjoy working with me, the, you know, that my family are happy, my kids are happy, that's all I care about. And you know what? The ones who have a bee in their bonnet are the ones who are the ones who think shivers. I should have actually really thought of that. It's the truth. And what about? I mean, I always remember a certain columnist writing how I bribe people. Well, let me tell you, he was very happy to take those camper shoes I sent him. And another one, who will remain nameless, (laughs) went to a Raymond Wall event at Icebergs. She went home with a $1,500 watch, but writes ill of me. So there's always going to be someone who dislikes you, but there's always going to be someone who is on the take. This is like the guess who don't sue column. God bless Ros <laughs> Reigns. Bring her back. Now, what about those accusations from within the industry or that sometimes reach the gossip pages with nameless ex-employees mm. who talk about how hard you worked them or the sort of environment that they're yep. in? How do you feel about that when you read that and do you think it's accurate? I think it's actually incredible because you know something, if you walk into me and you're an intern and I can take you upstairs shortly after this and you'll see my miserable employees (laughs) whose fingers are skinless because I work them to the bone, you'll see a happy environment up there in the most, as you would probably realise, you know, state-of-the-art offices with opportunities that are endless. Um, When you walk in as an intern here, I expect you to walk out as a senior publicist. I am not looking to be an employer who takes someone on, leaves them sitting in the corner and will allow them to do good enough. A, you don't come to me as a brand for me to give you good enough. B, I want you to come to me to excel in your career, not just be mediocre. So if that means I'm a horrible person, so be it. Don't come here. But if you want to be the best you can be, have access to the best brands and products and services you can and watch them go from A to Z, Fantastic. You know, I've had many people who've started here as an intern, left as a senior publicist and started their own businesses very successfully. But you also have to remember, envy creates nastiness. I have got a lot of everything and I have had huge success. That makes people very bitter and twisted. Certain people. (laughs) How hard do you think 21-year-old PR grads should be working? Is that the time that you think they should just be throwing everything at it? You know, the funny thing is I think you should be throwing everything at it for from the start to the finish of your career. And it's an interesting topic because I've got a fabulous publicist that I'm working with on, on this show, Heidi Packer, and I actually had a chat with her today. And she was talking about how in the TV PR game you work weekends if you need to work weekends and you're always on call. And you know what I said to her? In my world, if I expected a staff member to be at a store opening on a Saturday, you know I could very possibly get a long face. Now, 
Heidi's probably in her late 30s. I couldn't tell you how old she is. I'm 39. I don't necessarily, it is an age thing of this entitlement. I'm not entitled. I haven't been brought up to have an entitled outlook on my career. I've been brought up from the minute you walk in the door, you do everything within your job spec and everybody else's if they need help. You don't go, well, that's not part of my job and I'm not going to do it. Um, so there is there is an issue. Is it 21-year-olds only? No, it's not. Is it 30-year-olds? Yeah, it is as well. I think we – and I've said this and I've caused a huge amount of controversy. You know, I do a lot of work with um, China because of my hair accessory brand. And, you know, to be able to receive an email response to reordering a product on a Sunday is fabulous. If I emailed someone here on a Sunday, they'd answer me maybe on Tuesday. Now, if you think that's the the way to succeed in your career, well, you're very wrong. And some of that criticism about how hard you want people to work and how hard you push yourself has been the effects of mental health, but you're actually involved with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. Do you know there's something very wrong with our fair work system here? Very wrong. And I think many employers will agree with me on this. As an employer, it's very hard to have employees stigma around it, um, that you shouldn't talk about it. And I think talking about it's very important. You know, I don't want to see the Charlotte Dawson's of the world happen again. I don't want to see the Annalise Brackensex. It's really sad. So for anyone who is an employee and who uses that card, which it's almost become, I think it's a disgrace. And yourself and other prominent media personalities like Sam Mack, who's Sunrise's weather guy, are involved in Imperfectly Perfect. And again, reading some of the coverage around that is sort of skewed towards how could these privileged people be unhappy. So talk to me about the stigma you're trying to smash around that. You know, I don't even think, is my life perfect? Absolutely not. You know, I have a broken relationship with my family, my father specifically. Um, You know, I've had cancer at 36 years of age whilst trying to look after two children, run four businesses at the time my husband was in jail. Um, I don't think you know, depression and mental health is not discriminatory. It doesn't matter what life you're living. Everyone has different issues. Not everyone has the ability to talk about it. And one thing that I've learned, you know, when I started taking effects, I remember my mum was quite, you don't need that, don't start it, you'll never get off it. Because my mum is of the generation that it's not to be discussed and it's all in your mind and it will pass. Um, so that was why it was important for me to talk about it. And when, um, Graham from, from the campaign Imperfectly Perfect approached me, I said, absolutely. Did I have time to do it? No, I didn't. But you know what? We need to do it. We need to come together. It doesn't affect just those who are doing well in business. It affects so many walks of life. And, you know, people have different problems that you don't see behind Instagram. So what's next for Roxy after this program? (laughs) I don't think there's much left, is there? Someone asked me this morning, so what's next? And I was like, well, I think I've crammed a lot into 39 years. Um, You know what? Look, we've got a big focus now on 18 Communications, which is our Chinese arm. Um, What that does is it manages WeChat, Weibo and Redbook which are the communication platforms that are used by Chinese. You know, the Chinese um, uh, number of Chinese in Australia is huge. And I think as communicators and people in the PR and marketing world, we're really forgetting about that that um, market and thinking that everyone is on Instagram, Facebook and Snapchat. Well, you know what? No, we need to broaden our horizons and we need to communicate with different authenticities on their platforms that they use. So that's a big part of our focus at the moment. You know what? Look, I think trying to find some consistency in my life. Obviously, 
Um, Ollie now works here, my husband, because it was very hard for him to get back into the workforce after being um, sentenced to insider trading. So going back into the banking world was kind of a bit awkward. Um, That's one way to put it. Yeah, a bit awkward. Yeah, a bit awkward. Um, you know, it's it's hard. Uh, you know, juggling a business with a husband and living with him and driving to work with him, driving home with him every day. It's freaking hard and we're trying to find our groove. I work at a speed that's very different to him. There ain't no long lunches in PR and marketing. There's certainly no golf trips. So, you know, trying to find that, find, find our groove. But you know what? Look, the businesses are all flying. I've just started um, my own accessories brand, which is off the back of the success of my daughter's Pixies Bow range in Maya. So I'm really enjoying that. It's what I know. It's how I grew up. I was in a, you know, a clothing manufacturing business. So sort of my shtick. And just to jump back to that Chinese operation yeah. you've got going, do you find you have to conduct business differently there compared to here? How much have you had to adjust, you know, your personality or your business methods or your processes? Look, we deal with the Chinese community residing here in Australia. So I am not the girl who's going to go out and say, okay, De Stefano is your coffee brand. I'm going to take it to China and I'm going to do your PR and marketing. That's not what I'm going to do because I think any successful PR campaign needs to be done by a person who resides in the actual location. Trying to do anything from an arm's length does not work. So what we do is we will be the person who comes in, sets up all your communications platforms, and then we've got some fabulous girls who are all uh, Mandarin speaking who actually populate that content and create it. It would be, you know, for me, I'm the girl who they come to because they've seen the success of what I can do with Western brands and they want to transfer that um, to the Chinese consumers. It's a business that I started so Ollie could work in it um, because obviously he had a lot of dealings with China before he went to Kuma. <laughs> um, I don't change anything but their their method of communication is in Mandarin so that's not something that I can do but what I can do is take my learnings from Western PR and transfer it to them. Now, are you going to watch your own show on Wednesday no. evening? No. You know, the funny thing is I would love to and I was thinking about having a big, you know, I don't do anything low-key. I was thinking <laughs> of a buffet-style soiree. Um, no, because I'll be in Melbourne doing the project, which I'm very excited about. Um, I've actually never done the project at the desk. I like a desk. Um, I've only ever done it on the green screen. So I'm really excited I'm going to Melbourne tomorrow afternoon. So no, I won't be watching it, which is probably lucky. Because Ollie may strangle me. <laughs> Are you going to pay attention to the social media Absolutely. Feeds? And, you know, one of the things I said to Heidi, who's a publicist working across the show at 10 um, for me, is I was going to fly back straight from doing the project and I said to her, you know what, Heidi, do you mind to ask the team if it's okay for me to stay in Melbourne on Wednesday evening? Because I don't want to be in the air when people are writing to me on Instagram. I think that... You know, one of the reasons my Instagram has grown from zero to 234,000 is because I actually respond. I take the time. If you send me a direct message, I'll answer. If you send me anything, I'll answer. And so I want to be on the ground and I want to answer. So if you need me, I'll be be having a bit of room service. (laughs) Sliding into people's DMs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, that's been the biggest feedback. I'm normal. I'm just like everybody else. I've just got a severe desire to succeed. Now, speaking of that desire to succeed. If, if this the- is a flop, you have a job for me. <laughs> I was going to ask, what if this is just a pilot? Are you okay with that or do you want to go to series? I actually hadn't thought about it until today. Um, look, the reality of it is I've never, ever started anything without the desire to succeed and succeed beyond everybody's expectations. But at the same time, I think what's come of this is, number one, I've created some amazing relationships with the team at 10, Bev McGarvey, Heidi, etc. Two, my relationship with Whipper and the fact that he had the um, 
he had the feeling that I could actually do this makes it worth it, that I was good enough to go, you know what, we're going to try for this. Um, And three, look, it's just an opportunity and I never want to say no because if you don't try it, how will you ever know? Um, It's a big job and it's hard to fit everything in. But, yeah, why not? Look at the Kardashians. Heck, (laughs) I'd like to be on Time Magazine as a billionaire. Move over, Kylie. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Now, if you were to pitch your program to the listeners of this podcast, what would you say to them? What would you say to get them to tune in? Do you want to laugh? This is a PR girl who's never done a pitch. (laughs) Truly. I've never, ever done a pitch because every bit of business has come to me by recommendation. And I always say I'm never going to pitch because I'm not good at it. I can sit down. I can tell you what to do, what not to do. If you like it, come. If you don't, don't. (laughs) What would I say? I would say to you this should be light relief for a Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. after The Bachelor on Channel 10. I'd say that, you know what, it's warts and all. What you see is what you get. There's no grey area. Uh, There's fast cars. There's expensive handbags. But then there is a lot of grit. There's also the trials and tribulations of a renovation with your husband being the project manager when he did mm, one semester of architecture thinks he knows how to build a house uh, and you see the daily comings and goings of just life of, you know, as a mum. So I think there's a bit in there for everyone. Um, I also think you'll have a laugh. I'm obsessive compulsive and even if my husband has a nose hair, you'll know about it. <laughs> well, that's quite a note to finish on. Roxy Jasenko, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And if you have any nose hairs, just let me know. I can assist. <laughs> <laughs>